goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. If you would like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We are six days away from Christmas 2023. I would love nothing more than to leave you that listen to this show each day with a spirit of optimism and hope and feeling good and groovy and wonderful. There are things in the news, however, that I wonder if you hear them the same way that I hear them that might leave you feeling maybe opposite that. I begin today with a story that is in the New York Daily News. Girl 5, pistol whipped by masked crooks in Staten Island home invasion. A five-year-old girl was pistol-whipped during a Staten Island home invasion by four masked crooks, police said Tuesday. The intruders, three of them brandishing guns, kicked open the front door of a home near Livingston Avenue and Queen Street. This is about 12.40 in the early hours of the morning. The New York City Police Department released chilling surveillance footage showing the robbers each wearing hoodies and masks. Entering the residence, searching it with a flashlight, they confronted these robbers did. The terrified family demanded money and jewelry. A 33-year-old woman was pistol-whipped along with the young girl. Another 4-year-old boy and a 54-year-old were also in the home, but they were not hurt. The cook, the crooks, left only with a stolen cell phone, which I hope there is a way to trace it to them. The two victims, the five-year-old girl and the 33-year-old woman, were taken to Staten Island University Hospital, cuts, bleeding, to their faces. The police are asking the public's help in trying to identify these crooks and tracking them down. People are asked to call Crime Stoppers 800-577-TIPS if they have any tips on who these four home invaders might be. The calls will be kept confidential. What sort of low-conscious low moral savage beats down a five-year-old girl with a pistol. There are crimes, never mind that these crooks feel that they are entitled not to work for a living honestly, not to gain what they have or gain what they want by honest means, by the sweat of their own brow, by their own efforts, they feel entitled to take and steal from other people. Never mind that they lack that kind of consciousness. 
but to be so abjectly without any sort of moral compass at all that would tell you, hey, this is a five, this is a young child. Why would I beat? Why would I pistol whip a five year old girl? Now we hear horror stories about the things that happen in jails. And part of me wants to be sympathetic because you don't, one of the things my dad always tell you, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. You don't mistreat people that have done wrong things because you think that that's right. It's not. But there comes a point when the outrage has to give to something else. Each of these four, I hope, are caught. I hope and these days we have district attorneys who let these criminals out on the streets so that they could pray and pray, Democrat district attorneys, who the Democrat Party is the party of criminal. They are not the party that supports this five-year-old girl who was pistol-whipped, nor her 33-year-old family member. The Democrat Party in New York City is a party that supports the criminal, the aberrant, the revolting savagery that would allow a human being to beat a five-year-old girl down like this. The Democrat Party are the ones that support them, the criminals, not the victims of crime. And I'm not talking about you rank-and-file Democrats out there. I'm talking about your elected officials. I'm talking about your progressive members of the squad and the New York City Council who vote for these reforms that let these criminals roam the streets. I hope those of you in Staten Island I hope anyone with a conscience that knows who these criminals could be would help at least find some measure of justice. Other holiday news, the majority of small businesses in America are not seeing a holiday bump. Consumers have run out of cash. That is what a poll is telling people. A poll of small business owners, 76% of them say they've not seen any increase. 76% small businesses have not seen any increase of sales during the holiday season as inflation and other economic conditions constrict consumer cash. That is according to Goldman Sachs. Not some little fly-by-night pollster, or some fly-by-night group who wants to just score political points, Goldman Sachs commissioned a poll, and this is what it found. Of small business owners surveyed, 55% of them said their profit margins decreased this year. People are making business, small business, the majority of them lower profits this year than last year. This is the Biden economy. The story goes on into detail. Another story by the Associated Press today, that story was at the Daily BS. You can find it there. Another story by the Associated Press, more Americans are expected to buy now, pay later for the holidays. Analysts see a growing risk. Consumers expected to use buy now, pay later payment plans heavily this holiday season. A forecast that bodes well for retailers, but that has credit experts again sounding alarm bells. 
The short-term loans often come with consumer-friendly interest rates and allow shoppers to make an initial payment at checkout, then pay the rest in installments, typically over weeks or months. That's appealing to shoppers trying to buy multiple gifts for their family and friends, obviously. But then comes the reckoning. Then comes the reckoning. Short-term installment loans drove $6.4 billion of online spending in October. That's up 6% over the year before. More people are borrowing is the bottom line, the money that they need to fund Christmas. And then comes January, and then comes February. Okay, this is from the New York Times, the old gray lady, the old gray liberal lady. As need rises, housing aid hits lowest level in nearly 25 years. As the safety net has expanded over the past generation, food stamps rolls have doubled. Medicaid enrollment has tripled. Payments from earned income tax credit have nearly quadrupled, but one major form of aid has grown more scarce after decades of rising rents, housing assistance for the poorest tenants has fallen to the lowest level in nearly a quarter of a century. The three main federal programs for the neediest renters, public housing, Section 8, and housing choice vouchers serve 287,000 fewer households than they did in their peak. The managing director of the Harvard, oh well, Harvard, Joint Center for Housing Studies says we're not just treading water, we're falling falling uh, further and further behind. So people that are finding they are being squeezed out, in the housing market, are also finding that there is less help available for them by the way of government handouts. There was an insurrection at the Capitol today. Sixty anti-Israeli protesters went inside the Capitol rotunda demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. They came and they started littering the place with shoes for the Palestinian victims. That makes no sense to me. Shoes for the victims. Anyway, they they dropped a lot of shoes on the floor. They were protesting. Sixty of them had to be arrested. One massive sign that some of the demonstrators were holding said, stop funding violence against our communities. Really? Our communities? Do you live in Gaza? At any rate, 60 were arrested. What I would like to know, and I'm sure many of you would like to know, is if these 60 or the others that invaded the United States Capitol with the intent of protesting illegally in the nation's capital, in the rotunda, will be treated by Joe Biden's Justice Department with the same kind of iron fist 
that they used to go after the J6 protesters? Or will these, and you know they are mostly leftists, we don't have to guess that, do we? Or will these leftists be just simply given a pass, allowed to go home, spend the Christmas holidays with their family, not put in D.C. jails, which according to some of the reports that we got early on from the J6 crowd were like miniature Abu Ghraib's. Of course, we didn't, no one had any sympathy for them, for the J6 protesters that were thrown into solitary confinement that supposedly had miserable food, in some cases not giving their medicine, some of them sick, not being tended to, will these protesters, will these anti-Israeli protesters be subjected to the same sort of harsh treatment that Joe Biden and his Department of Injustice leveled against the J6. Today I have a stack of immigration that will take us a while to sort through. It's a little bit funny. Elton John. And we'll get started with that stack when we come back. I'm not one of those who can. 1970, Elton's first hit. First U.S. hit. On this day, entered Billboard's Hot 100. It didn't go to number one. It went to number eight. But who doesn't know this song? Your song. Launching the one, the only. Elton John. WABC, Boston Airways Rush Hour. On the countdown to Christmas. Remember, tomorrow, Chip Davis joins us. The Mannheim Steamroller. Your calls today, 800-848-WABC. This one's for you. And you can tell everybody This is a song It may be quite simple, but Now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down the words How wonderful life is While you're in the world The Rush Hour is on the air Attention Ditto Heads Attention Bo Scouts Rush On the Red Apple Podcast Network goodness on this day in 2000 the year 2000 roebuck that's a heck of a first name roebuck roebuck staples passed away roebuck we we all knew roebuck as pops pop staples with the staples singers i'll take you there respect yourself that's this one 
Let's do it again. Always positive messages in their music, the Staple Singers. Songwriter, guitarist, singer, founding member of the Staple Singers, Roebuck Pop Staples passed away. Left behind a great legacy of music. Look, I would love to hear from you, by the way, on some of these first stories that we went through. Your thoughts. In particular, should we be helping more people pay their rent along with everything else? Should should the government just say, oh, you're having problems paying your rent? Never mind that we, we told you you didn't have to pay rent during the pandemic and we drove a lot of landlords broke. I never could still. I never will ever get over that. How just unilaterally the government said, members of the government, be there your governor or even... Federal officials, oh, it's okay, don't pay your rent. It just bugged me then, it bugs me now. So now, we're hearing, oh, oh, too bad, the Lord, people can't pay their rent. We're falling behind. We should be helping people pay their rent. Should we be helping people pay their rent? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what should happen with these four home invaders that pistol whipped a five-year-old girl. And whatever you think about this stack of immigration. Now, I'm not going to be able to get to every story in the immigration stack today because there are too many. So let me go quickly through them. We start with this one. Stunning. Immigration courts add a whopping one million cases. One million cases to the backlog as the border crisis worsens. The immigration court backlog increased by a whopping 1 million cases. Do you know what that brings to total? How many cases there are right now that haven't been adjudicated before the immigration court? This 1 million is an addition to what we already had. Somebody take a guess. How many many cases do you think are sitting right now that have not been adjudicated in immigration court. Diego, give it a guess. Give it a whirl. Uh, two million. Bueller the buzzer says wrong. Who's who's screening? It is uh, it is Matthew Meany. He didn't even say hello to me today. Hello, I'm, James. Hi, Matt. Matt, give it give it a whirl. Just give it a guess. We already know that 2 million is not the number. How many cases do you think are sitting unheard by the immigration courts? I'm going to say 20 million. Well, in a sense, that's right, because there are 20 million illegals here. But no, right now the courts have 3 million cases on their books that they have not even looked at. Think about that. Think about the time it takes one judge to go through an immigration case and with three million behind and those are the people that got caught by the system in joe biden's term the numbers vary but we are told that there are six million just in joe biden's term six million illegal entries into the united states we don't have the court system capable of adjudicating these courses. And yet, we're giving billions of dollars more in foreign aid? 
Our courts can't even handle what we've got in front of us? All right. Second story, Daily BS, written by Arjun Singh. Senate Democrats seek to reel in, R-E-E-L, to reel in removal power on immigration amid Trump fears. Senate Democrats are so afraid that Donald Trump is going to win, they are already trying to come up with legislation that would stop him from getting a handle on our immigration crises. That's the bottom line of this story. Senate Demo- uh, Democrat senators are seeking to impose limitations on the use of executive power over immigration policy while they negotiate the border security package. That's what NBC is reporting. Now, remember, this border security package is really something else. This is the aid to Ukraine package. In order to get aid to Ukraine, Republicans have said, nope, you've got to do something to help fix these borders. So now what the Democrats are negotiating is, okay, Let's tie, in case Trump wins, let's tie it down into law and come up with regulations to stop the president from using executive, executive powers to do something to stop illegal immigration. These people, you have this guy, Joaquin Castro, he says passing border security measures would be Surrendering to white right, oh, that was a slip, to right-wing racism. So just think about that for one moment. Let that register. You have this representative, supposedly an American. His name is Joaquin Castro. He's out of Texas. He and his brother. He says if you pass border security measures, If you pass laws to get our border under control, you are surrendering to right-wing racism. It is racist to try to get the borders under control. That's what we're getting from Democrats. In Tejas, Governor Abbott signed a historic border security bill into law yesterday. It makes making illegal entry from a foreign country a state crime. This one is going to the Supreme Court. I feel very confident about this. This one will find its way to the Supreme Court. Right now, immigration is under the purview of the feds. It is clear. It is black and white law. It is in the Constitution. The Fed, the, Our founders never envisioned that one party would never protect the borders of the United States. So they didn't, they, hey, this, this rests with the government, the federal government. It has gotten so bad that Abbott says, okay, now it is illegal for someone to enter the state of Texas illegally. He signed that into law yesterday. Greg Abbott said last year there were more than 2.4 million apprehended crossing the border illegally, larger than the size of Houston. 
While Democrats in New York and Chicago complain about a migrant crisis, I don't think they truly know the magnitude of the damage caused to the United States by President Joe Biden because three times the number of residents of Chicago have entered illegally under Joe Biden and equal to the amount of the total population of New York City during Biden's presidency. So he's trying to do something. There was reaction. We'll get to some of the reaction to that and more. The Supremes in 1964 had three number one hits. This was the third. Come see about me. On WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, Bo Snurdy with you, 800-848-WABC. We'll be back. We're going to take your calls, too, and we'll get back, so don't go anywhere. Stay right where you are. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day in 2015, Michael Jackson's classic album Thriller became the first to sell more than 30 million copies in the U.S. 33 years after it was released with the runner-up, excuse me, the runner-up being the Eagles' greatest hits from 1971 to 1975 with 29 million sold records and Billy Joel's greatest hits volumes 1 and 2 in third place with 23 million copies. Million copies. Amazing. 30 million, yeah. 30 million copies. You heard that correctly, Bob. Astounding. Okay, back to the immigration. I have, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I really do. I try hard not to call people names. But the two people I'm going to talk about now, it is a challenge. Because I have heard more idiocy come out of their mouths than almost any other politician in New York, I'm in, in, in the country. And that's saying something. One is this, this, this woman, Jasmine Crockett, this Democrat out of Texas. I just told you about Governor Abbott's new law. Basically, it is illegal for people to come into the state who are illegal. And he signed it into law. Ms. Crockett was on Democrat representative from Texas, where the governor just said, we have more illegal entries into Texas than the entire population of Houston, our biggest city. Ms. Crockett says she was on PMS NBC. She said, when you look at somebody like Greg Abbott, my governor, and his solution, his solution is to basically say, hey, we're going to kill people that are trying to come in. Like, that's not a solution. We're going to try to kill them? 
Nobody has ever said anything remotely like that. But this is what goes on in her brain. And there's no filter to stop what's going on in that brain from coming out of her mouth. Another representative in Texas, Veronica Escobar, who is co-chair of Biden's re-election campaign down there, argues that Congress is to blame for this surge of immigrants. Now over 6 million since Biden came in, into the country. She says it's our job, it's Congress's job. We failed over and over again. She says she is worried that Democrats will get blamed simply because the president is in the White House. No, Democrats will get blamed because you're responsible for this. During Donald Trump's term, we had this pretty well figured out. Then you have this mayor of Chicago. Lord have mercy. I don't know. I I still do not understand how the residents of America's second city, as it's called often, could have elected someone with so many intellectual challenges. Mayor Brandon Johnson unloaded on Texas Governor Abbott. He says that Governor Abbott is attacking our country. The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago. It's the fact that we have a governor, a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized. And then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness. We have mental health facilities that have been shut down and closed. You have people seeking employment. So the governor of Texas needs to take a good look in the mirror of the chaos he's causing for this country. This is not just the Chicago dynamic. He's attacking our country. The governor of Texas is trying to save his state. He's attacking the country. The invasion of illegal immigration is the attack on the country. He's trying to do something about it. And these conditions, by the way, that the mayor of Chicago, we have homelessness. We have mental health facilities that have been shut down and closed. You have people seeking employment. So you don't have jobs in Chicago. You don't have mental health facilities. They've been shut down. You've got homelessness. Who has been running Chicago since the gangster era? One Democrat after another after another. Pretty much. You had one Republican gal that tried to stay in the mayor's seat for a few years. They tossed her out and went right back to Democrats. It's like New York. Who's run New York forever, ever since Tammany Hall? Democrats. Ah, they'll get a Republican like Rudy Giuliani. Great mayor, cleaned it up in no time. And then they they say, okay, thanks for cleaning it up. Now Now let's go back to what we're used to. And they go right back. And he blames Abbott. This guy in Chicago, I, I tell you, I do not understand how in aggregate a city can elect somebody 
that has so little understanding of public policy, so little understanding of human behavior, and uh, I, it's Chicago. All right, and we're going to get to some calls here. In fact, let's go to some calls now. Let me just go through the headlines real quick. Fifteen GOP senators warn against a secret border deal with Democrats. They're worried about what will come up to give this aid to Ukraine. The GOP is also saying this is this deal that Chuck Schumer wants is not going to happen by next Monday. It won't be a Christmas time deal for Ukraine. And one, at least one member of the GOP speaking some truth. He says, just on the border alone, this is Josh Breshin of Oklahoma. We have a commander-in-chief that is operating in high crimes and misdemeanors because he is not securing our homeland. Another story, migrant surge overwhelms border agents as smugglers target remote stretches. Right now, this is a big business, getting these illegal immigrants over. Some of it involves human trafficking. Some of it involves sex trafficking. And so they're not going to the populated areas. Now They figured out how to get into areas that are being undetected along the borders. And the surge is happening there now. Meanwhile, Biden is twiddling his thumbs. He might as well be Nero playing his fiddle while Rome burns. All right, telephone calls. Anne, Staten Island, you're up first. Good afternoon, Bob. I'm sorry, that's me with the gravelly voice. So I'm going to try to control it a bit, a little gravelly. Um, that's okay. I've been, living on, I've been living on Staten Island since 1969. When I came onto Staten Island, it was almost a punishment for a cop in another borough to be transferred here. This is how quiet it was. Staten Island was the quietest borough. We had the least amount of crime. The cops really, they were upset in a way because they they really weren't doing that much. You know, it was sort of like being sent to Siberia somewhere. And since then to now, there's been a 51% crime rate rise. And it's these animals that did that to this family which is, happens to be a very, I don't know how much you know of Staten Island. It's a very nice area. For them to pistol whip a child and they walk out with a cell phone, I mean, this is ridiculous. And all I can say is, if RTA, I know how our borough president would feel about this. I'm not speaking to him, but I know him. And if this DA doesn't do anything with these I can't say what I call them. They're not even animals. Animals are better than that. But if this DA doesn't persecute these people and throw them in jail and really make them have some consequences, Staten Island is not going to be very happy with this. And if you know what's been going on with Curtis and the immigrant shelters here, he'll be a very sorry DA. So I'm just praying, Jesus, please let these people be caught. Amen. And thank you. And I love your voice. And by the way, don't ever apologize for it. You have a beautiful voice. And let me just say something else to you. What you said about Staten Island being almost seen as um, a banishment back in those days, there was an episode of Law and Order 
where Chris Noth, the detective that he plays, punches out some guy at the end of a trial, and they decide they wanted to banish him. So where'd they banish him to? They banished him to Staten Island. And I remember. <laughs> you remember that? I remember that. It's, I, I'm 81 years old. I remember a lot, you know? There you go. <laughs> I remember that, and that was, that was true. It was very that's true. That's, that's why it made sense. Because everyone could relate when they did that. Uh oh, you're going to be walking a beat in Staten Island. So there you yeah. go. Thank you so much. Those were the days. If only we could get back to that. Thank you, Ann. I do appreciate it. Uh, let us go to Glenn in Edison, New Jersey. Very quickly again, Glenn, because we have to check in with Lou Dobbs any moment now. The n- number one superpower in the world. If you want to become the number one superpower, you destroy them from within. You let. 10 to 13 million illegal immigrants come across our borders to destroy our country. And China wants to be number one in the world. And the mm-hmm. Democrats are definitely in with China. Well, uh, the Biden family has collected uh, all sorts of money from China, among other places. So, hmm, you may have a point. Thank you, Glenn. We appreciate you. It is time for us, ladies and gentlemen, to check in with Lou Dobbs. Zal Yanovsky, loving spoonful, passed away of a heart attack December 2002, his birthday today, heavenly birthday, and you know who else, and maybe we'll celebrate him on the way out, one of the biggest bands of our time. The leader has a birthday today. We'll, we'll get that in a minute. Let's check in with Luke Dobbs. Most nerdy rush hour coming back. More of your calls coming ahead. So don't go away. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Heavenly birthday today for the one, the only Maurice White. American singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, arranger, and band leader of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And that's him in the lead vocals. You know, they had their haters. I remember with George Clinton, they used to do all these jokes on their albums. You know what they called Earth, Wind, and Fire? What? Dirt, poo, and spit. Isn't Curtis also a hater? Yeah, he's a hater. But but Earth, Wind, and Fire, one of the best groups, best bands ever in the history of American music. And, of course, Maurice White had his own success. He was a drummer and a songwriter. Went on, he, uh, he was with Chess Records, a lot of sessions there first. In fact, I, was, I, I just saw his, I have his biography downstairs. I read it. I want to go read it again one day when I have time. Anyway. Heavenly birthday for Maurice today on WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let us go to Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra, you've been waiting a while. What's going on with you? Always worth waiting for you, James. I want to say that I have another sad story to say, like what you said before, but this is different. It's about a 26-year-old woman 
who threw her Maltese dog three stories from the garage to almost, well, someone found it, you know, when it fell down and they took it to the vet and it had such serious injuries they had to euthanize this dog. But James, I don't understand what's going wrong with people. You see pictures of this Maltese kissing the woman. There was a relationship going. Maybe she had a problem with someone she was driving with. I don't know. But she took this dog. She threw it three stories down a garage. And, 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 and I, James, I don't understand people. I, I don't understand dog, it. I don't. I know. I, I had a dog 16 years when my dog, my Maltese snowball passed away. I wasn't the same for three months. So this I don't get. I don't get this. I don't get it either. And you know what? I thought you were going to talk about a story because apparently this is not the same one. I saw a video today of another girl throwing her dog off a bridge. It's in one of the newspapers that I went through today. It's just, and then another guy throwing his. I don't know how to pronounce that, that, that the shit, shit, uh, it's a shit, shit zoo or whatever it is. That's the name. I can't, yeah, shit zoo, that <laughs> one. Yeah, I always have a hard time with that one. He threw his in the dumpster. He's been arrested. I don't know what gives with these people. They're horribly cruel. We got to move along, Sandra. I love you so much. Thank you. Let us go to Matt in Queens very quickly. Matt, what's on your mind? James, I'm from the Caribbean. I, I love what you're saying. A beautiful story um, for, for all people, especially black folks. Hey, James, what about the blending of a parliamentary system with the American system? Politicians stay their term. They're rotten. Why can't we have a recall system? If Joe Biden is messing up, have a recall or any uh, governor or mayor. Is there, is there a possibility that might happen in the future? I don't what think so. I don't because it would require a complete overhaul of the way we do politics here. I watch on C-SPAN, I watch the House of Commons, and I watch what goes on over there in Britain. And I've always liked the parliament, to be totally candid with you, I always liked the parliamentary system. We have our own system here. I don't think it'll ever, but I love your thought because it would be interesting. And I've often thought that too. I wish we had a, a blend of kind of the parliamentary way of doing business and the way we do things. Man, I wanted to get to some more calls. Anyway, sorry those of you on hold who I could not get to. We have an hour. It goes by so quickly. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Boston Early's Rush Hour and Chip Davis, Mannheim Steamroller, will join us tomorrow. Thank you so much. Bye.